0: podcast, a place where we talk about the workplace, how it's changing, and ways that we can create an experience at work that is inspiring, real, and motivates us to bring our best self to work. PWE, what is it? Well, it's an acronym for Purposeful Workplace Experience. I'm on a mission to help our workplaces shift from being transactional to transformational, and PWE is how we will get there. My name is Carolyn Suara, your host and creator of PWE. Well, we've got another episode of PWE and Me about to kick off here. And my guest today is all the way from Texas, Darren Ford. Welcome to the show. I'm so pleased to have you on. Thank
1: you, Carolyn. Thank you. Well, uh, it's an honor to uh, to be here. And and we've talked not a lot but just a little bit you know and i and i mentioned some of the other guests you've had so considering all the wonderful guests you've had it it it, it sounds cliché but i truly do mean it and Well, honor thank you here.
0: Darren well you know it's interesting because we connected we've actually never met uh we no. connected online uh, but i know just from looking at our work and our presence online it seems like we are very very much aligned with what we believe and and our purpose and so why don't we just share with the listeners a bit about you what do you do um and sure. uh yeah beyond I, I know you said you're a dad and of course that's probably your most important job but Absolutely. What, else, what else what else is it that darren brings into the world
1: i am a dad so i've got three boys 28 26 and 24 and my first grandson who's already five so oh, wow. that's a, and you know i do i've been married for 30 i see next month will be 32 years so that's me personally um professionally i've got i I have a really eclectic background and so i i started out the first uh, i don't know 10 or 12 years selling advertising in the computer industry and so i dealt with some really large some you know obviously really well-known uh companies in the computer industry and it's interesting i was uh and in the early 2000s when the the uh technology industry kind of came crashing down i was always based in the midwest in dallas and so I was at a trade show in New York, and I flew all the way nonstop from New York to San Francisco and walked down this long hallway to see my boss. And when I walked into their office, just to the right was the head of HR. And I said, should I be nervous about this? And they said, yes, it's, you know, the, the, the business is drying up. We want you to stay with the company, but you're going to have to move to San Francisco or Boston. And I oh, said, well, dear. thanks. It's, yeah, I said, hey, thanks. It's, it's nice to be wanted, but I'm not going to leave uh, Texas. And two years later, I moved to Bulgaria. So go, go figure. Um, wow. I went to bul Yeah, I went to Bulgaria. I ended up being the headmaster of a small school, English-speaking school. Did that for about four years. Came back, started a nonprofit to teach some of the things that we may talk about today, leadership and life skills to high school and college students. Um, took a turn at, uh, and, and really then it was my first true, I guess, HR job. So I started working for a large auto finance company and did all of their people development, started doing culture work there. Uh, it was a great company, uh, but it didn't have the best culture, the most engaging culture. So I started doing work there. Had my own consulting firm and now I'm, uh, I do training for uh, a large industrial manufacturer. And then I also do this. I do speaking and, and, uh, and training. And, you know, what drives me, Carolyn, is this, and this is kind of where you and I are aligned. What drives me is the fact that we spend over half of our adult life, awake adult life at work. And yes. so you have to do what you have to do, what you do, you have to do it well, but you've got to enjoy it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so absolutely.
1: That's, that's, yeah, that's what drives me is, is helping organizations build those places where people can uh, feel safe, feel engaged, and then ultimately do their best work. So in about right. two or three minutes, that's me.
0: Cool. Well, um, you know, it sounds like there's a lot of experience and a lot of different examples Um that contribute to your experience and the one theme that i'm kind of pulling through all of that is that it sounds like being with people talking with people connecting with people seems to be a thread that weaves through all of yes. those experiences uh-huh. Yeah. And, 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 you know, connection is absolutely something central to PWE purposeful workplace experience. And so, um, you know, and I know that you, you've, um, in, in an article that you wrote, you talked about connection being one of the key things to look at when hiring Mm -hmm. a manager or a leader.
1: Sure. Yeah. It's, again, it's not, it's not rocket. None of this is rocket science, I don't believe. And, and I know, I I, I got to believe rocket science is hard. I got to believe, and none of this <laughs> none of this is. It's uh, it's just this idea of of, and it, it goes across the entire organization from the from the CEO from the very top level person to, you know, to those frontline workers. We all want to be connected, and and there's a little bit of self responsibility to making sure that we do connect. But particularly with managers, with supervisors at all levels, I think it's incumbent upon them to be very deliberate. In, in doing two things, fostering connection within their teams or within their group, but then also just just connecting with themselves. You know, one of the things that drives me crazy, and, and if you've heard other podcasts, you might have heard me say this before, is this idea that it's a well-meaning statement, but companies, when they say our people are our greatest asset, again, it's a well-meaning statement, but but I don't think I'm an asset. You know, yeah. my phone is an asset. The building is an asset. The computers are an asset. But pe- people, employees, aren't assets. They're they're human beings with emotions and 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 career uh, desires and objectives. And so, we if we treat them like we do a cell phone or a computer, that that that's ultimately not going. It's going to lead that person to leave. Well, know, it's like
0: using the word human capital, right? Like I know some yeah. people really don't like that because it sounds so yeah, like asset-y. Um, so, like, I'm curious to hear your perspective because I agree with you, right? Connection is so important. I also believe that people don't wake up in the morning and think I am going to go to work today and be a complete asshole and upset no. people. So, I mean, let's let's get into the core of it right away. What do you think gets in the way for people to connect with themselves and with others?
1: I uh, I, I think it's probably. One or one or probably a combination of both. It's the organization itself, the culture that the organization helps build and foster. You know, orga- culture is it. It's defined and modeled, and it needs to be spoken about and promoted from the top. But then, it but culture actually happens in and changes on those daily interactions between employees going up. Right. So a company, so a company, you know, can't dictate a culture, but they can help foster it. They can help, and so I think it's partly that, and then ultimately, it's, uh, it's again very simple. I think it's the boss. You know, the the, it's the old adage: nobody ever quits a the company; they quit a boss. And so, so if you're, go ahead. No, well,
0: yeah, sorry, I cut you off there. You, you go ahead. I want, no, I want I mean, to get a little provocative here with you, though, Darren. I, I'm not going to, let's have a fun little discussion about this. So. <laughs> okay,
1: well, I mean, ultimately, I was going to sit there and say that the, it, it's, what prevents me as an employee from connecting and feeling engaged at work is that my boss, is a, is a the, the term I use is a jack wagon yeah you know is that a texas
0: term a jackwagon? You know, i don't know what that is it, it, might,
1: it, might, it, it might be a texas term a jack wagon so um, like does that
0: mean like what is a jack wagon like
1: a jerk a jerk yeah exactly okay. right. you know yeah that's a that's that's i guess my texas way of calling you calling you a jerk <laughs> and and so if if i'm going to treat you as a as an asset if i'm gonna, going to do a you know a command and control type of of leadership on you i'm i'm and I'm not going to care for you as an employee, as a, as, a, as a person, as a human being, holistically. And I only care about how many widgets you can make or how many reports you can do. You know, then, then I'm going to – you know, at, at, at best, Karen, I'm not going to come to – because I agree with you. I don't think anybody comes to work saying I'm going to be – I'm going to be myself going to be a jack wagon today. I don't think we right. do that. But at best, if I, if, I, if a leader treats their people that way – at best you're going to get somebody who just shows up, goes through the motions and then goes home at best. You know, and at right. worst you, you might get that that uh, jerk, I... jerk behavior in re, in return. I I don't want to give people a pass. I don't believe that you know, when I teach leadership, I always talk about regardless of what your boss is, there's you know, there's a we'll make a list of good boss, bad boss behaviors. And of course, we want our boss to be on the good boss list. But right. I always tell people, even if your boss lives on that mad boss list, that doesn't give you permission to do that. You agree you're for your own behavior.
0: So so where's the gap? Because I I think this is the this is the piece where I, I want to get a little provocative because <laughs> I I do um I, I agree with you, right? We all we all are impacted by the managers that we work with. I think, you know, what I want to challenge people to think about is that's not a good enough excuse anymore to say my manager's being a jerk or my CEO doesn't get it. Um, You know, the subcultures that we create and that we, and we're all a part of it. And so how do we, one, help leaders realize, because I actually believe that many leaders don't even realize that they are treating their people as assets. I believe that Mm -hmm. there's systems that have caused us to repeat behavior, sure. that rewards, asset-like behavior. So, how can we sort of call BS on some of this uh, for for people, um, for direct reports or, or staff, whatever word we use to call the employee base, and um, but also take accountability.
1: You know, I think it comes it, it it starts with an org with the company being willing to foster. Foster connection, and in, in the midst of some really turbulent times, I don't mm-hmm. know if you saw, if you saw, um, uh, just a couple of days ago, or I guess it was just yesterday, the interaction between George Bush and Ellen DeGeneres. They, yes, you know, did you yep. see that? You know, and, and, I did. and two very different people, both, you know, I'm sure, spiritually and and politically, and but yet they were having fun together. And I think Ellen they came were. out and she said. She even she goes look. I said be nice to people, not just people that, that agree with you. And so I think what we do is we are so polarized, it, both both personally and then at work. It's starting to bleed over into work in companies. I heard Brene Brown speak uh, a few years ago, and she was talking about. These having those difficult conversations in in, in your companies, uh, whether it be about race or religion or gender or generations. And she says the companies that that help broker or help foster those conversations um, internally, they're going to be the ones who attract the best talent and keep the best talent. You yeah. know, and I was talking to a, an organization. They wanted me to come in and speak to them about gender. And I said, yeah, we can. And, and we had a nice little discussion. And I said, but by the way, keep in mind, the gender discussion, is just a, a subset of the over of the larger discussion of who we are as people because we're all very very complicated people and again whether it be generation or or, or religion or or ethnicity race and they said oh, well we can't talk about those things because that'll make our people feel uncomfortable right you know and I said but that's the point we exactly we, we will never be comfortable with with. With people of different political thought or different race or different religion or different gender, we'll never be really comfortable having those discussions until we pass through the uncomfortableness of those discussions. You know, well, and I'm going to take
0: it, I'm going to take it one step. I'm going to add on to that, Darren. I agree with everything you said. And I had the privilege of of spending two and a half days with Brene, Um, not one on one, I wish, but like with 120 <laughs> other people. And we talked very much about that. And so it's not only about getting through that initial discomfort, but accepting the fact that discomfort is the new normal. Mm-hmm. And not, let's be clear, like, it's not into panic mode, like, oh, my God, I can't, like, I'm paralyzed. But that, you know, living in a world where we might feel a little bit of discomfort, um, it, it's it's normalized. And, and in fact, we need to do that. We need to dig in and find that courage to push Absolutely. through that discomfort, because we're going to have these polarized ideas, but we can find a mid ground. We absolutely can. So um you know it's funny absolutely. when you brought up that story. I thought exactly of that conversation a few weeks ago that we had around diversity and inclusion and belonging. And to me that's the word that's that can be added to, you know, DNI, yeah. DEI. Um and, and a statement that was made by by one of the people in this training session with Brene was, you know, diversity is being invited to the dance. Mm-hmm. Inclusion is being asked to dance. I'd heard those mm-hmm. two before. The third right. part is belonging is knowing the playlist. Yeah. And that really sunk in. I thought, wow, how often are we making sure that people feel they even belong at the table. So, Absolutely. um, yeah, yeah. It, it was pretty, it was, um, it was pretty powerful stuff. And and you're right. Like we have to, we have to find ways as doesn't matter what your position in, in, is in a company. We have to find ways to get everyone welcome and get those polarizing opinions talked about and push through the comfort.
1: Absolutely. You know, and it's, it's, um, uh, one of the things I talk about in, in the, the major keynote that I have today, and I, I take the word value, and in order to build that culture where, where people feel accepted and can do their best work, you know, I, there's a, a strategy for the V and, and for, the, for the A and the L. And when we come to the U, what I talk about is uh, understanding our similarities so we can talk about our differences. And cool. what I'll do is I'll pick somebody out as different from me in the audience as I can. So I'm an old white guy, right? And that's part, of, and even me saying that right now, some people are going to start to say, ooh, this is going to get uncomfortable. And I even tell people in the talk, like, we're going to be uncomfortable now, but you know something? It's okay. It and is gonna, okay. Yeah. It is okay. And we're going to come out on the other end. Okay. And so I'll say, in case you haven't noticed, you know, and I've been talking for, for 30 or 45 minutes and I say, I, in case you haven't noticed, I'm an old white guy. And so I'll pick somebody out who's as different as me as possible. So a a young black woman, an Asian woman, but just just somebody as far away from me physically as possible. And I'll walk up to them and I'll say, hey, you and I have to have a a talk about gender or about race or whatever. And I'll say, but before we do, let's see how we connect. And I just make up the questions. And I I always start out with, are you a human being? And, And of course, the answer is yes. And so we'll do a fifth bump and I'll say, look, we've already connected. And then I just make them. You know, do you like Mexican food or Italian food better? Mexican? Oh yeah, me too. Do you like? Who's your favorite football team? Cowboys? Oh yeah, me too. And you know, and after no, playing
0: Packers, it, by the way. Sorry, oh, I had to well, say that.
1: Okay, this, we, we <laughs> need to bring this to a close right now. No, so, so. I couldn't
0: pass that up, Darren. Sorry, but well, I, I hear what you're saying, though. No. You you find those ways to connect. It's it's a brilliant and yes. simple way of demonstrating it.
1: Absolutely, and it's and again, there's there's if if you talk long enough, there's. Dozens of ways, you know, I'll say plain or peanut M&M's and and they'll say they'll say plain. And so I'll say, look, that's so now we we can talk about race or gender or whatever or generate, you know, you're a you're a a Gen X. I mean, I'm sorry, a millennial or even a Gen Z. And I'm a baby boomer. We can talk about this now. Why? Because we're going to do it over Mexican food while we watch a football game and we have M&M's as dessert, whatever it happens to be. And right. now we can, and now all of a sudden you're, you're a friend. You're in a, you're, 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 we're tied together right. and that's going to allow us to have the difficult conversation. You know, something and I used to think, Carolyn, I, I used to hate that, the, the, the term or the, cause I thought it was a cop out, this idea of let's agree to disagree. I right. used to not like that. Cause I thought that was, you're just letting, you're using that as a cop out and you're not reaching a resolution, but Mm-hmm. But I've I've changed my stance on that. I now say that's okay because you know there's there's certain things. I mean, I have I have certain political views or certain religious views or what. And I you know and I I probably won't change my mind on those. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll have a discussion with you, but at the end, it's like, hey, you know something? I just I just don't see life that way, or I don't see politics that way. But guess what? Let's go have another beer, or let's have another right. pack of MMs, or whatever it happens to be. So, agreeing to disagree. That's okay. That's
0: okay. Yeah. Or another way to say that is to accept accept the differences, sure. and um, and and use the similarities to move forward and work together. Um, right. You know, I, I, right. I, I agree with you. We're not here. We don't. We don't all. The world will not be a good place if we all try and be exactly the same. Yeah. We need right. to well, embrace our differences. Um, right. Yeah. So now you said um, you talked about value and you went re- you went re- through that really fast. You said you have a word for each. Um, right. Or, yeah. So let's dig into that. So I know sure. you were just talking about you being understand similarities, but let's go back to the beginning of the word value. Yeah. Um, and can you just put a bit more context about that and how you use that and maybe what some of the listeners could do with um, that tool that you have?
1: Sure. So. So I I just take that word value and okay. and so what because what I do is I as I as I'll talk I'll say hey look we're not getting along and 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 productivity is being impacted and organizations that have that that healthy culture the engaging culture they outperform companies that don't and so that's all fine and dandy so I'll say the answer is um, valuing people but hmm. but because we're also different it, you can't you just don't wake up and say hey I think I'm going to value it. I mean right. some people can. Do that easily, but for most of us, in or it just doesn't happen. So I've put out this strategy, and there's five steps, and it spells out the word value. So the first okay, one, so is step one is V. Okay, v. and
0: what does that stand for?
1: It's viewing people as important.
0: Okay,
1: or viewing people as unique. There's different words I use, and I tell a story um, there with with this one. In that, my I lost my mom. My mom passed away a couple of years ago, and she was. Um, and during the process, towards the end, her health was was failing, and she was in a what's called a skilled nursing facility. And she uh, had to go to a hospital. She went to a hospital, and it was, and this is in in Tulsa, and it was a, a fine experience. It wasn't a bad, it wasn't a great experience. I mean, it was kind of what I expected a hospital to be. They nursed her okay. back to health. She went back to her her skilled nursing facility, and a week later, her kidneys failed, and so she had to go back to the hospital. But this time, my dad picked a hospital that was just about a mile away, much closer to him. Mm-hmm. And as I was there watching the, what's going on, the 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 experience was radically different hmm. than, than than the first one. And so I was in this weird place in that I was here, I was losing my mom, but I also do this people thing, and so I was fascinated. Like, what's different here? Why is this a right. such a, diff- a good experience? And so, long story made short, I, I because and when I see the experience was different, it was across the board. It was how the doctors. And the nurses or the doctors and the staff interacted because often in hospitals, they don't get together. They don't see eye to eye is a nice way to put it, but they got along well. And then, and there was uh, one nurse in particular, the way she took care of my dad, her name was Megan. And, you know, my dad was losing his life partner of 60 years and the way she was taking care of my mom. And my mom didn't even know she was being taken care of. And, and so I looked up on their website, it was St. Francis hospital in Tulsa. And I looked up on their website and they used the term dignity. Hmm. They had a great definition of, you know, viewing the uniqueness of life and honoring that uniqueness in every individual. And that, and, and the other hospital didn't have that. And so when I, the V stands for viewing people as unique. It's a deliberate choice that an organization can use or an individual, right? There's this, you know, when I talk to people, it's, it's I'm trying to help organizations build that culture. But it's also a personal choice. But I'm going right. to view, view you as unique and special. And uh, there's a guy, there's an organization, and if you're an HR person listening to this uh, podcast, you'll probably recognize it's called OC Tanner. And they're an organization that helps companies, you know, recognize employees. And they've got an institute that studies um, uh, recognition. And the director of that, a guy named Kevin Ames, he said this one time, I heard him speak. He goes, inside every individual are the seeds of greatness. Yep. And an organization's job or a leader's job is to, to build an environment where those seeds can bloom. Yep. Right. And Absolutely. That, I think it's just a beautiful way to put it. So it starts with V just choosing to view people as, as special and unique and important. And they bring something to the table that nobody else can bring.
0: Right. Right. And so that leads us to a,
1: what does a stand for? A stands for assisting people. I just kind of leave okay. it open in it like that in big ways. Uh, you know, and in small ways. I mean it's 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 opening the doors, it's mowing your neighbor's lawn when they're sick, it's uh uh paying for the Starbucks and the drive through for the person behind you. It's right. you know, getting on the expressway and when somebody's trying to merge in with their blinker, it's it's not hitting the accelerator, it's letting off of yeah, it and letting, letting the them person in. in.
0: Right? So it's let being me a servant leader is what it is. Let me ask you this, Darren. Given your your long uh like a long, I was going to say long stretch of experience. What did assisting people look like when you first started your career in the tech industry? That's the first question. And then is what does assisting people in an organization look like now? Because there's a big difference there and I'd love to hear how that's evolved for you and what you've seen over the years.
1: So the difference between assisting people years ago and today. um, Yeah. Like as a manager,
0: what did that, what did that look like years ago? Like how did a manager assist you years ago? How did that
1: show up? So I think years ago it was, it was very, it, it tended to be this is kind of my experience and what I've, what I've gathered through research and doing, you know, doing this as a profession. I think it was, we looked at people, uh, in bucket or not in buckets, but, but we, in compartments. And so I was assisted based on my job. And so Mm. my boss would, would remove obstacles in front of me or, or give me the tools I needed, but it was all very work specific. And I think the difference between yesterday and today is that I think leaders today need to look at our people holistically. And what can I do to help you, um, get through life, Right, and so that in- that includes the work stuff, getting you the tools you need, removing obstacles that you need, but it also means um, I don't know. Hey, finding a way to uh, letting you have time off. So here's one way. Maybe uh, maybe you've run out of vacation time, and but but your 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 spouse is sick, your kids are sick, whatever, or having a new baby, whatever it is. Finding a way to say you know something, go home, even though you don't have any vacation time, go home. Take care of the family because that's really the most important thing in the scheme of things, and right. we'll figure out we'll figure out your time card later, right? Yeah. So, it's looking at people, I think the difference between yesterday and today is yesterday it was really just kind of work focused. Today it's you know the term we've gone through uh, work life balance, and now it's work life integration. It's it's yeah. It's, it's all one thing, and so I think it's looking it is. At people holistically today.
0: You know what? You know what comes up for me when you're sharing those examples was, um, you know, it used to be uh, years ago when I think when I first started out in the workforce in the, in the mid '90s was uh, my manager had all the answers, and I would go to seek to be told um, and directed.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, whereas
0: now, uh, and it was th- there was very much. Um, age definitely played in whereas now is i believe um and i know i'm not the only one that believes this but we can all be leaders and now the great leaders one it's irrespective of age you see that more and more mm-hmm. and two mm-hmm. great leaders know they don't have all the answers they ask the great questions and so that's right. that's that really came to mind when you were um when you were sharing your example there for a yeah
1: um, great. I think okay helpful.
0: so w- w- if- where are we for l what does l stand l. for
1: yeah, we touched on this just a little bit a few minutes ago. It's listening with the idea of being influenced. Mm, uh, say more. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, so I'll have I'll do an exercise. I'll say, hey, on a scale of one to ten, one being low, ten being high, rate yourself as a listener. And I'll say, hey, look at me, look at me. We all know what the right answer is. We right. all know that we should be a ten. But you're cheating yourself if you don't. If you're not honest, so give yourself a, a, a rating. Well, I to hey, say. If, yeah. Hey, this is for you. You don't have to tell the audience. You know, no, I you think to. let's
0: do it. Let's make it real, Darren. Let's do it. So 10 is like, I'm the best listener ever. And best one is, I don't listen I, at I, all. At all. Who Who's asking this? My husband, my children, yeah, the people I work right. with.
1: It makes a difference. <laughs> what time
0: it? of day? Uh-huh. If it's Carolyn at nine o'clock at night, I would say yeah, my listening is at one.
1: Before my coffee, yeah, roll yeah. it all up into one. If you had to just, just okay. general, what do you think it'd be?
0: Um, so yeah, as I said, as long as it's not nine o'clock at night, um, and I'm tired, so I'd be a one. Then I'd say probably on average, uh, a seven. I think I'm yeah. I'm fairly good.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's that's kind of what I I would give me. I'd give me a seven, maybe even an eight. Now, I hope my wife isn't listening to this because you know she would. Uh, I'm going to go home. She's going to say, "Are you kidding me?" But uh, <laughs> I'm going to say a seven or, or an eight. Uh, now, I, it, it, but you know something, Carolyn? It's not because I just naturally am a seven or eight. I have, I've had to work at it. Oh, I absolutely, good, yeah. Right? And I think good leaders have to work at it. So, And, and to that end, when I'm, when I'm presenting, often when I'm presenting to leaders, they'll say, okay, now, you rate yourself. If you're brave, go to your teams and ask them to rate you. Right. Now, depending on the relationship you would have then, they may, you know, they you they may not be honest with you. So you may have to say to them, "Hey, look, I'm not going to give you overtime. Um, you're, you're still going to get your vacation, whatever. But I want your honest opinion." I was doing this for a manufacturer one time too. Uh, I was doing a series of trainings for some plants, and so I gave that challenge to the to uh, to this plant leadership one time. And I came back a month later, and the plant manager came to me, and he goes, "I'm really glad you made me do that because I gave myself an eight. And my team gave me a two.
0: Oh wow! What a gap. Yeah,
1: it was just a wow. blind spot for him. And what happened? So, you know, what happened well, to him after? You know something? He, uh, I never had a chance to go back and say, "Hey, do ask your team." Like four or five months later, or we never had a chance to go back and say, "Rate had your team rate yourself again." So I don't know what the ultimate number was, but we, I mean, we just sat there, right, right there at that moment after this class was over, and we. Came up with a little development plan for him of how he could be a better listener, and he started implementing that plan. So I have no doubt that now did he go from a two to a eight? I don't know, but I have no doubt that he got better at that because one right. he was aware. That's why it's important to, to it, it. It does no good to just really rate yourself. You need to ask somebody else for their opinion, and then you yeah. can see if you have that blind. You know, and if you give yourself a set, like I give myself a seven. If if my wife or my team gives me a six, I'm going to say pretty close, right? Six, seven. Um, yeah. But it's that, this that gap that you've that got gap. to, you know, you've got to worry about.
0: And it so- just reminded me, Darren, of a of an experience I had mm, how many years ago now, maybe six or seven years ago. And somebody gave me the feedback. Um, they they reported into me, and they said to me, "I feel like you are just telling me, or uh, I feel like you are just." Uh, Asking me a question, so that I can give you the answer you're looking uh, for. Uh, yeah, and it was, um, you know, it was. Uh, I thanked her afterwards because I said that was very, you know, it was quite brave to say that to, uh sure. to, uh, you know, to a boss. And and I was so grateful, and it's never left me. It's never left me. And I think at that time, if you'd asked me, I would have said like what my, my rating was, I think I probably would have said I was an eight and, you know, she was great. A great example. She didn't give me a number, but I'm sure she would have put it into the two or threes. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I have, to your point, like I have worked really hard and it's hard to listen intently all the time, right? We've got our own talk track going on in our head, but, um, yeah, that really, that really changed me and helped me. Um, so I can, I can appreciate how simple that question is, but how much uh, insight can be gleaned from well, it if if you have the courage to ask the people you work with.
1: Yeah, again, and to your point, there's it's it's hard to be an active listener because there's so much that gets in the way anymore. And again, yeah. talk about yesterday versus today. You know, t- yesterday we didn't have our our, our, our mobile devices, being, yes. you know, yeah. at us, and so it takes it it takes discipline not to you know. And if you get into the science of it, you know, when our phones ding. Or we get an endorphin kick, and you know we want to right. look at what who's who's like this or who's. It takes discipline to keep the phone away. Or when you're a, if you're a leader, you know I always count, uh, counsel or uh, or coach leaders when when they when somebody comes into your to your office, I even say it's not just good enough to to lower your laptop screen or to look away. I tell them to walk around to the front of the desk. Yes. Get rid of that desk in front of you that you know and sit down in two chairs. So yeah. you're, you're face-to-face, and so that and that helps you listen uh, yeah. better. And so, so the, the, the L, but it goes further than that. I'll, when, when we do that little exercise, and I talk about listening with this idea of being influenced, and I think if there's one thing that we're not doing today, Carolyn, it's that. It's that we're so dug in with our opinions that we just won't listen and we won't change our minds. And so right. I'll tell people, look, I've got two or three core values in my life that I just – there's nothing – I mean, to be honest, this is what I say. Uh, I'll say, look, like my belief, so I've got two or three core beliefs I'm not going to change. For example, my belief in God and my relationship to God, I'm not going to change. There's nothing that you can say that will make me change that core belief. How I live my faith out every day, because some days I do it well and some days I don't. Now, that's up for discussion. But outside of those two or three core beliefs, I need to at least be willing. I'm not saying I will change my mind. But I need to listen. And I tell yep. a couple of stories of when I have changed my mind. And so if, I, if we listen, I mean, again, getting back to that active listening, and not just listening to the words, but listening to the heart, listening yes. to the stories behind those words. Right. You know something, if, if we are all willing to do that, maybe we, um, again, I'm not saying we would change our mind. We might, but at yep. least we can get a better understanding and maybe have some empathy of somebody. And then yeah. uh,
0: or appreciation yeah. too. I mean, you, you talked about that, uh, an appreciation for that. Um, right. because you're right. You know, we, we, we don't need to change each other's beliefs to work well together. Um, no. and, 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 you know, certain beliefs, I know there are self-limiting beliefs. There's, you know, core beliefs. There's a lot of different types of beliefs, but a core belief, um, you know again your faith and 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 what and who you believe in and how you choose to practice that that's for you and that does not need to impact how you do your work and it's in my best interest to respect that and appreciate that in you that's great right. you know that's yeah so um yeah i like that that's a great a great addition to this concept of listening um and mm-hmm. making sure you're not entrenched in your own yeah, your absolutely. own way of being Yeah. So that led us to you. So we've talked about that understanding our similarities. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so E, how do we, what, what does E stand for?
1: E is, it's a little funny or unusual. It's explain somebody's value. Now, what I really mean by that is to tell somebody, but, but value it doesn't work, right? I needed it. I needed an E, not a T. And so (laughs) I say it's explain, explain somebody's value, but that means tell somebody and, uh, this is a really fun uh, exercise when I, and I've done it in front of uh, 10 people. I've done it in front of hundreds of people. I'll say, um, I want you, if, if this is particularly true in, in you know, cause it's typically a kind of a business audience. And I say, so especially if you're a leader, I want you to pull out your phones. Now, hopefully, you know, I, as I've been talking, I've been engaging enough, you haven't had your phones out yet, but now it's okay to <laughs> so pull out your phone. And I want you to put it, I want you to pull up your calendar. Think of somebody on your team that needs to hear from you, boss, that they're valued. And I want you to enter at a time on your calendar. And the reason I want you to do, do it this way is because I want you to be deliberate. I want you to take them to lunch. I want you to hand them a Starbucks card. I want to, hey, oh, my gosh, I, I lost art. I want you to handwrite a note to them mm. and hand it to them, whatever it happens to be. But I want you to be very deliberate in, in, in valuing somebody for your team and tell them why they're valued. A little bit, and again, we don't. If if we had more time, maybe someday you and I can share a cup of coffee and we can talk about the difference between recognition and appreciation and value. Because I think there's a little bit of a difference, but basically, just say be specific. Tell them why they're valued, and I'll give them you know thirty or forty-five seconds, and they'll all type it up. And I'll say now, what we're talking about here, even though it's been in a business context, everything we've talked about viewing people, listening, understanding, serving other people—it's it's also a life thing. So now I want you to think of somebody in your life that needs to hear from you that they're valued, and I want you to send mm. them a text. And I'll say, look, it'll be really weird. Tell them, tell them that you're listening to some guy, you know, talk, and he told you to send the text message. And I chose you. It'll be re- weird. I right. said, I can't make you do it, but if you don't, you're robbing somebody of of a, of a blessing and yourself. And I've had an yep. extreme. I've had like responses on on each end of the spectrum i was doing at an hr conference up in uh, oklahoma a couple years ago and and a woman started laughing and i you know i said what's so funny can can you share she goes yeah i i texted my husband you know honey i I value you for all that you do for uh the family and for me and he wrote back he goes thank you are you cheating on me and it was it was a a really funny experience wow you know, we talked about, I mean, the whole place. And I said, well, obviously, man, you, you don't tell your husband enough that you value him. And she said, yes. Yeah. And it was kind of a funny, funny point. But then you know, on it's, the other end of the go ahead. Well, no,
0: go ahead. You okay. see, you're going to say the other end of the well, spectrum. Well, I was going to
1: say, on the, other, yeah, on the other end of the spectrum, I had a woman come up to me afterwards uh, after the presentation. She walked up. She goes, you know, uh, I'm glad that you challenged me to do that. I, I texted, I don't remember what, why she valued her son. She goes, I texted my adult son that I value him. And he replied back, thanks, mom. I've never heard you say that.
0: Yeah, well, and that's what I was going to say is, you know, um, having gratitude as a practice, not just as an activity, I think is something we can benefit from. And it might feel, now we're back to the discomfort, right? Well, it might feel a little bit weird. People don't want to hear these things. And in the workplace, you know, we're here to work. We're not here to make each other feel better. Um, I challenge that when I hear people say that. I'm like, no, we are here to support each other. and. You know, if we can be sincere, and and I love what you said there, too, is explain, you know, why, why they bring you value or how they do that. Um, It it just adds, it just adds depth, it adds connection. And uh, I don't know about you, but, you know, it makes you feel, it makes me feel pretty good when somebody says that, and it reminds me that I'm worthy and that I'm valued. And oh, many of yeah. us have talk tracks that can be opposite to that. So it can break us out of our own bad habits and self-limiting oh, sure. beliefs that get in our way. Sure.
1: Yeah. And, yeah. As, and again, just think about this. Sometimes you're going to say to somebody that they're valued that they haven't heard it this week, this month, this year. and in And in some maybe rare cases like that woman or that young man, they've never heard it. Yeah. And so, and we all need to hear that. And so, yeah. I, let me make one, one, one last point. Because everything we've talked about has kind of revolved around the, you know, when we talk about differences in people and appreciation and valuing people for for who they are, we, we've really kind of talked our, a lot about the physicalness of people, and, mm-hmm. and or the demographics, probably a better word, right? Whether it be race or religion or sexual preference or uh, or gen- or generation, but this also goes into how people. Uh, you know, the, the, the personality characteristics, you know, people who, who analyze versus people who um, yes. make quick decisions. You know, when I tell people, I'll, I'll have them do a quick exercise. i will say, hey, rate yourself. Are you funny or serious? And then are you loud and quiet? And I'll give yep. a couple of seconds and I'll say, hey, rate me. And, and they'll say, well, you're loud. I, I'll say I'm <laughs> loud and funny. And whether or not you laugh at my jokes, I think I'm a funny guy. <laughs> and, so, yep. and I'll say, so who's, who picked themselves as quiet and serious? And somebody will eventually raise their hand and I'll walk up and I'll say, Do you know what drives me crazy? You do. You you never talk and I like to I like to banter with people and you we've already established I'm a funny guy and you never laugh at my jokes. Yeah. And and so I'll say, Now, what drives you crazy? And they'll ultimately say, Loud and funny people. Yeah. And so you, so in other words, me. And so but, but here's the point is we're building a team and often we don't get a choice. Sometimes our teams are given to us. But if we have a yep. chance to build our teams I, I, we need, we make each other better. But that, that quiet person and serious, you know, I need, I need personally, I need somebody to tap me on the shoulder or on the arm and say, hey, Darren, let's, let's be serious or, or let somebody yeah. else talk. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. that person's thinking, I can't talk, Darren, because I can't get a word in edgewise because of you. Yeah. But that, that quiet, serious person needs me. They need me to yeah. say, you know hey Carolyn, we've we've heard from everybody on the team except you and your and your opinion is important, so what do you think?
0: Yeah, and giving and so, people yeah. the space for that is is important yes.
1: yeah, yeah, yep. and so it's not just about black and white and and Christian and Muslim and male and female and, and baby boomer and gen Z. It's about introvert, extrovert, morning person, night person, competitive, yeah. not competitive, quiet, funny. I mean it, and you know something Carolyn, you you put it all together. And we're all better together than we are by ourselves. And certainly yeah. if I had a team yep. full of me, we'd have fun, but we'd, we wouldn't get a lot of work done. And ultimately, yeah. that's what we, as business, that's what we need to do.
0: Yeah, when you were saying introvert extrovert, there it reminded me of of the time that I read uh, Susan Cain's book, Quiet: A World That mm-hmm. Can't Stop Speaking. Uh, no, Quiet: A World That Can't Stop Speaking. I can't remember the subtitle to it, but it completely changed. Um,
1: really, I haven't heard I that. I'm going to write that one down. That's yeah, and you
0: know what? It, her YouTube. I think it's she's either on a YouTube talk or a TED Talk. I can't remember. You'll find it on either one, but it it was profound. Um and. Uh, I'm married to an introvert and my boss at the time was an introvert. The CEO at at the time was an introvert. And quite often we um, misunderstand what those words mean. And that book Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. helped me get better at creating space for people in my life. Who weren't extroverted like me, and and I think I've become a better listener because of it. I've become Mm -hmm. more appreciative of different opinions and viewpoints. Um, So yeah, it's a great a great resource.
1: Well, I just wrote it down. That's going to be I I have I I'm a slow reader, and I usually read at night. And I read three paragraphs, and I start to drool. So I need to find a different time to read, and I always have more to read than not enough. But I have that too. Well, simple. throw on,
0: throw on a TED Talk. Um, I'm I'm positive that Susan Cain has the TED Talk there That's too. That's probably so. better for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, Darren, you know what? The time has flown by here. I Long can't by. I can't believe we are 40 minutes in, uh, and you know, really appreciate the insight that you you've brought, and uh, I love I love the model, the value model. It's a great word, and 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 such great concepts behind. Behind it, and uh, and I'm sure uh, the folks out there have taken a few things, uh, uh, a bunch of things that they can uh, put into practice when they uh, when they go back into into work or even to into their general relationships in life.
1: I hope so. I hope so.
0: Yeah. So, um, thank you. Uh, thanks again, Darren for, for making the time and coming on. Is there anything before we close off where people can find you? How can they connect with you? Do you want to just share that with the listeners?
1: You, you know, something, yeah, try to make it really easy. You can go to Darren K com. So it's D A R R E N K. initial K Ford, F-O-R-D. Yep. com, And, uh, you can find me there. I'm on LinkedIn. Connect with, you know, send me a note. I'll connect with you on LinkedIn. Um, on Twitter. So you can hopefully, if you, you know, connect with me. I'd love to connect with you.
0: Yeah. And I know you've got a few books on there too, and people can buy that there. And uh, so, yeah. So, uh, you know, encourage people to reach out. That's how we connected, right? That was uh, how we connected on LinkedIn. Exactly
1: how we connected. Yeah,
0: Great, a great tool. So um, thanks to uh, all of the listeners out there. And thanks again to you, Darren, and we will see you all on the next episode of PWE and Me. more about pwe well i'd welcome you to buy my book rules of engagement building a workplace culture to thrive in an uncertain world i share stories personal and professional about different elements of pwe and it's available on amazon or on indigo thanks to all of you out there this is why we do this this is why we have this conversation We look forward to being with you again on our next PWE and Me podcast. Now, the best way you can hear us is to subscribe on Spotify or iTunes. And if you don't like either one of those two, you can always go to my website at carolynswora.com.